You're listening to the Orenda Sports Podcast. It is our mission to showcase the best of Canadian college sports. Have a guest in mind? DM us at Orenda Talent. Now, enjoy the show. How's everyone doing today? You are now tuning in to the very first episode of the Arenda Podcast. I hope everyone is enjoying this beautiful Saturday day. Uh, we have a very special guest in the building today. One of my good friends, Holy Cross legend, UBC star, Mr. Taylor Brown. What's going on? What's up? Taylor, how are you doing, my brother? Good, man. Just living, you know? I know we're in some crazy times, man. How are you doing? Uh, how are you doing mentally? How's how are you, how are you processing through COVID and all this crazy times, man? How's the family? Uh, well, during this quarantine, I mean, it's been really slow, like everything else. Like mm-hmm. the days, it just seems so long because you're not really, you can't really do much. Um, but I've been trying to like keep busy with just, just being with family and kind of like taking like a backseat on everything, kind of like a taking the backseat on. I feel like everything was going way too fast for a lot of people, especially me. I mean, transitioning to everything. And I guess this gives us a time to just get back and kind of look at things and just kind of hang out and just like enjoy your time with your family. Enjoy the things that, you know, you can't go out into the movies. You can't go out and do this. So you got to think of things to do. So I think it's... Exactly. And I think this is um, with a lot of negativity that's surrounding us right now. I also think there's, there's a beautiful light in this situation that we're in because I think it made everyone just stop and reassess everything. A lot of people I've talked to was like, you know, like they just sat down, reassessed their life, reassessed their job opportunity, their relationships, their, you know, spending more time with family, like you said. So I think it's, it's brought light to, I think things that we avoided, things that we didn't really pay attention because we just got used to everything being okay. So I think there's, you know, there's some beauty in what's happening. And I think moving forward, I think, you know, things won't be back to normal, but I think that's a good thing as well. Yeah, that's what I mean. It gives everyone like a breather and kind of like, like you said, like you get to like look at and read and kind of like readjust what you want to do and kind of just figure out what you want to do. You know, or like build back exactly. a relationship you had that you didn't really have with your family or something like that, you know? 100%. Well, just transitioning from that, man, um, we want to, you know, dive into your basketball career. You know, you've done some amazing things throughout your career. Um, one of Surrey's best basketball players that they've, uh, that, that they've produced and the things you did at Holy Cross to where you are now, you know, kind of just want to give the viewers an insight to, you know, your life and your basketball career. So um, why don't we start things off with, um, you know, just, you know, just telling us about your high school career and how that, um, how that went for you, how you developed as a person, as a basketball player. And um, yeah, we'll go from there. Straight up. So um, in eighth grade, um, I played uh, grade eight basketball. I currently, well, at the time, I've only been playing ball, like, seriously for about a year. I started in, like, the seventh grade. Oh, really? I played with, like, Holy Cross's, like, grade 17. And yeah. that was, like, the first time you, you that started? That was the first time. Actually, yeah. grade six, grade six. Yeah. Starting grade six. It's the first time I actually started, like, real, you know, real basketball. Other than that, it's just playing in the neighborhood with my homies and stuff like that. Yeah. So, when I was in grade six, I played on the Holy Cross's team, like, junior team, and I um knew I was going to go to Holy Cross because of that so then yeah. I so then I was playing on it right for the last for the two years and when I got to grade eight I kind of already had some friends from that team that yeah. I was coming for so when I got on that grade eight team it was kind of like the same grade seven team the same okay, players yeah. grade seven team were like my teammates in grade eight because 
we played and we transitioned together into high school. Yeah. So playing in that, it was cool. I mean, I was just a lanky, like, yeah. like I wasn't even a shooter or anything like I am now. Like, I was just a slash first type of guy. Really? To, like, my follow-through back in grade eight was like, yeah. like that. Like, I could not <laughs> do at all. But, um, yeah, so grade eight I played. And then coaches, so Coach Bazente was my grade eight uh, high school coach. Yeah. And his – uh, or the senior coach, Matthew yeah. Chester, um, when I was in the ninth grade, they talked to me about how, oh, we might want you to try out for the senior team. And I was like, oh, I was kind of scared. You know, I didn't really know. Like, I was 15. You know, I didn't really know. What yeah. to like. So then I tried out, and I was doing pretty well. Like, I was doing a lot. I was more ahead than a yeah. lot of the players already kind of, like, who were supposed to be on that team. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up making the team. And, you know, they gave me a talk and just told me, you know, what to expect. and and yeah. they want to develop me into, like, you know, the next, I guess, like, star for, for the program and whatever. Yeah. So then my first game in my grade nine season in senior, um, I actually started, and I was so nervous. I remember really? who we played. Yeah. I was just like, whoa, like, I'm actually starting. And my mom was just in the crowd. My family was in the crowd. They're really happy. Yeah. yeah, I'm in grade nine starting on the senior team, and then I never thought that would happen. So so basically from – from grade nine, sorry to cut you off. Um, from grade nine, from that point, you played senior every single year? Yeah, so it was kind of like a quick jump. I had to mature quick. I had to, you know, play the game differently. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I had to I do yeah. things fast. I learned a lot, and I credit, you know, my coaches, uh, Anthony Presente and Matthew Lachaster. Like, they really helped me a lot. And it also helped that I played uh, – I played TBC when I was U15. So okay, yeah. I played TBC, and – uh, my coach Mike Morgan, he was a, he was a he was a really good coach. He made me really he helped me with my mental a lot. He was yeah. really hard on me, um, but it was always like a tough love. But it was always like you know he was always trying to make me a better player and always doing everything out of love and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so that you know as I got to grade ten, grade eleven, you know I started to learn how to be a leader and my my role wasn't so much to be like the man on the team. It was mostly to like just be a good player and do whatever I could for the team. Exactly. Um, Cause you probably knew when I was in grade 11, we, we had a bunch of those players like Jaquin, Jonathan Congo. We had the that twins, was a serious right? team. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and my role in that team wasn't necessarily to be like the star. Like my role was just a, just a guy who could help the team who could score 20 when you needed to, can score yeah. 10, you could, you know what I mean? Just kind of be like the glue guy. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So my, 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 up until grade 11, everything was, pretty good like I kept getting better every single yeah. year and then my grade 12 year it was pretty much like I'm, I'm, try, I'm not trying to discredit my teammates my teammates were great and my grade yeah. 12 year, but it was mostly like my team you know what I mean like yeah exactly you were the yeah the, like it was leader. my year to finally finally be the man and mm-hmm. I ended up averaging 30 points per game in my senior year I have like yeah. a, a all-time record um scoring record for my team for Holy Cross like I just had like crazy numbers in my last year we didn't do that well. Um, we didn't make a, make provincials. We actually lost, I think, in the quarterfinals of Fraser Valley. Yeah, I th- something like that. I was at that game. Uh, I remember watching that game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I, I I was playing with a with a with a sore like a really bad ankle. Uh, mm-hmm. I sprained it like a month or two before like playoff yeah. started, and I was just it was just nagging, and I just kept playing through it. But I yeah. mean, other than that, I mean, I can't take away from my growth because I feel like. I needed to learn the game in in a different way until I got to my grade 12 year where I could kind of learn how to 
you know, be a scorer, kind of learn more of like the selfish game in terms yeah. of, because I was always, I'm always like a team guy. Like I'm not, exactly. I'll do take the team, but I got to learn a kind of selfish side of myself to like take more shots or to not mm-hmm. worry about, not to not worry about, oh, if I shoot this, are these guys going to say anything? You know what I mean? I kind of was like, yeah. I'm about to just go all in and just, and just do my thing. And I ended up, you know, carrying our team to heights that I didn't think we could. And yeah. we didn't make provincials. I feel, still feel like I had a lot of young guys on the team, and I feel like they learned a lot from, like, uh-huh. our season and watching yeah. you know, what I could do and stuff like that. So, so, yeah, so my last year I ended up – or every single year that I – like, since grade eight and grade nine, you know what I mean? Like, every single yeah. year I got better and I had probably my best season ever in my grade 12 year and got me to where I am today. So that was, like, my high school year. Yeah, and I, th- I think that's amazing that you, you uh, played senior from grade nine because I, I don't think when you when you put that into perspective, I don't think a lot of people realize how difficult that is when you're you're 15 and you're playing against 17, 17-year-olds who are, who are getting ready to go to university. Um, so the thing, of, the thing about basketball, which what I learned when I was my first year at UBC is there's different sections of the game where – two years makes a difference. Like it's a whole different game. Like the speed's different. You, the physicality is different. Yeah. The decisions you have to make is quicker. So for you doing that from grade nine, that must have immensely sped up your development. Yeah. And so like I was saying, like I didn't really learn how to like, you know, crossover, step back type stuff till grade 12 because as I was progressing in grade nine, 10, 11, I was learning backdoor cuts i was learning pick and roll i was learning um you know how to read people's feet and how to like it's kind of the little things that you don't really don't really see like like none of the showboating stuff you know i mean none of the the crossover step back none of the yeah stuff. i'm kind of learning like okay when this guy cuts you off you can backdoor cut because it's wide open he's not looking at you or when you come off a pick you know um what's it called go over shoot it you know i mean like things like that like those nine ten that's why I feel like it helped me a lot transitioning to, you know, we'll probably, we'll talk later about UBC, but yeah. it helped me learn a more mature game quicker. And it helped me whenever I play on a team, I could do like multiple things. I wasn't just one yeah. thing. Right. So a lot of guys always wanted me on a team because every time they drove, I backed or cut and I would get layups or every time I would exactly. off a screen, I would hit the right person. You know what I mean? So it wasn't, it was, it was, it was nice to learn all that stuff early because it stuck with me and it was easier to learn the crossovers the you know, the, the fancy things later on because I was more developed. Yeah. And yeah, that was something I was going to bring up. Um, if you felt like your grade nine, 10 playing senior and developing those fundamental skills earlier, if that, if you think that helped uh, your grade 12 year already having that skill set, and now you just had to focus on scoring and, yeah. and learning how to do that, which, as a natural scorer and it's, it's easy, not easy, but you can work on your game offensively yeah. and, and be able to have that skill set where now you going in your grade 12 year, you, you had that fundamental from grade yeah. nine and 10 playing right. senior. And now you can just transition into your senior year already having that. So, yeah, I think that's, I think that's, it's harder to teach like reads and like how to back door and stuff like that. It's way harder to teach that when you get older then I would, like the way I had it is the only, like the way I would want, you know what I mean? The way I would want to teach anyone because you truly learn how to like play basketball properly. Mm-hmm. And cause I knew like, okay, if I just learn how to do crossovers, scoring, blah, 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 
Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't think I would be where I am today. I could have be better or I could be worse, but at the same time, yeah. I feel like, like what I can do for a team is exactly a lot better because I learned all that other stuff. You know what I mean? And scoring is just shoot it, put it in the hoop. You know what I mean? Like that, you can learn that of course. Right. And then exactly, yeah. that, that just takes reps. But I think the other stuff is really like, you really have to like learn it mentally and really have to practice. It. And it's really hard to practice that though. Cause you can only really do that in game. Exactly. And also seeing those reads at a younger age, I think de- developing that and, well, when you're when you were in grade nine, ten, did you have did you have a mentor or someone help you develop these reads or see these different uh, skill sets that you need to get? Yeah, of course. I had you know my coach Presente and Coach Lachaster, and also big credit to uh, my coach Mike Morgan. He's the one that mm-hmm. kind of taught me you can do way more than just score. You know what I mean? Yeah. He taught me, you know, defense. He taught me. Um, backdoor cuts and and you know like all three of them have taught me all that stuff you know? yeah they made sure that they would teach me the game more so than just teach me how to do a crossover you know what i'm saying and yeah exactly they knew that there's more to my potential and they could see that i you know i was i was a good listener and you know i would i would do anything they told me to because i just <laughs> i i knew that they had my i had the best interest in everything you know what i mean so it's just yeah. I think it, it was credit to all three of them. Those are my big mentors, especially for, uh, for teaching me like the, out, the outside stuff that you don't really- 100% see. and getting you to that next level. Yeah, exactly. You know, one question I, um, I wanna find out, which I love asking people is, when, did, when was it or when did that thing click where that, that love for the game came and where you were like, this is something I wanna do and you knew you wanted to lock into it? Yeah, uh, I would say, um, I mean, in terms of, you know, the actual game of basketball, I think like grade eight, because I had so much fun with it, like yeah, you know, playing in tournaments and just playing with my friends and just, you know, being able to like that, like, you know, feeling the ball going inside the hoop and just yeah. into that, that just, you know, fuels your fire for the game. And I think that in itself made me love the game. Um, yeah. In terms of like knowing that I can like actually do something with it, yeah. um, probably like, probably in the 10th grade because in the ninth grade I was still transitioning like I said as a senior yeah so I, didn't, I don't really know what I could do but I was kind of like oh shoot like I could because I remember we're playing uh Archers of Kearney um, yeah and there's a grade 12 senior on on their team and he was he was pretty good like people were always talking about him how he was legit like when I was in great yeah he was, you know about the Holy Cross uh the BC Catholics right yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So when I was in the eighth grade, we'd watch it, and there was this guy on Carney, and he was supposed to be like, you know, this this nice point guard, or whatever. He was yeah. Good. So when I got in grade nine, I played against him. Like, I remember doing like a crossover in the full court, and he like almost like tripped, and I was like, yeah. Like I used to watch this guy like <laughs> other people, and I was able. To yeah. So it kind of made me. That's when I was kind of like, oh, okay, like I can kind of keep up with these guys. And then when grade ten came. I played drive basketball and shout out to Pasha, Chad, yeah. Luchin, Karn, all them, all them guys. Um, it kind of made me, they've opened up my eyes to see that I can actually do something with this. And, and I didn't really know that you can get like scholarships and all that stuff yeah. until, until I played drive. Like I didn't really know all that stuff until I, they kind of brought that to light. Yeah, and you were like, oh, and I was like, Oh shoot. Okay. I can probably, yeah. you know what I mean, so I would say grade 10 is when I kind of realized I could actually take, this and actually get something from it you know what i mean so yeah yeah no for sure um yeah no that's awesome and um just hearing people's 
different stories of when that clicks in is always uh is always stories i love to hear because um for me it was probably when uh i made the switch to probably when i was transitioning from Boy to bc it's kind of why i made that switch um, so yeah my little my little so if you didn't know like i went to three different high schools in three years oh, <laughs> yeah so grade grade eight i was uh I, I was at Canby in Richmond, okay. and then grade nine went to Hugh Boyd, and then grade 10 went to VC. So um, it, elementary school, I went to an all-Catholic uh, elementary school, so I was already used to uniform religion and, yeah, yeah. and having all that integrated. So when I was going into grade eight, my sister and cousin, they, they, they went to public school. So I was like, you know, I didn't know anything. So I'm like, all right, let me try out public. <laughs> and then I just saw how the sports were, were taken and it just wasn't a top priority and it wasn't right. as big. So I had some, I had some friends at Hugh Boyd who I played uh, high level basketball with. So made the move over there, um, which was solid. I had a great time, had a great season, but the thing that, made me want to go to VC was how serious they take the sports and how serious they take the academics. So yeah, I knew, exactly. I knew if I wanted to play university and, you know, progress into a pro career, I need, I needed to have both of those that were high level and, you know, VC kind of just ticked all the boxes for me. Yeah. Um, and then when I came to visit the school, I just saw like the facility, um, Oh, nice. it, it was like summer like they had both gyms going like full gyms and I'm like yeah this for me I'm like yeah I'm like this is the spot I want to be and yeah. you know from the first scrimmage I had just playing playing up against Phil and Tommy and all these guys you know and holding my own in grade 10 I was like all right yeah like, yeah exactly you know we can do something so yeah man it's it's crazy the it's crazy the place the basketball can take you and the things it teaches you you know, I think it's more than just a game. It yeah. teaches you life lessons that you, you can carry for the rest of your life. So yeah, I know I had a similar similar situation too because actually in the seventh grade, I have a lot of my neighborhood homies are all kind of older than me, and yeah. they were at the school which is like my cashier school from from my public school in yeah. the and they told me like there's not even a grade eight basketball team at the school that I was like supposed to go to in my area yeah. and they're like I'm like I'm not going there like there's no way like I already went to the church at Holy Cross yeah but just had, knowing that like solidified my like the option I had to like not go to that school yeah. and just to stay at Holy Cross I'm like okay well there's no basketball like I'm not gonna go to school no yeah no exactly <laughs> exactly no, yeah no that's cool man um on to um on to your next your next step and uh, your, the next level you took in basketball. Um, kind of, you know, give us a give us a rundown on when you were making this, the decision of where you wanted to, you know, take your talents uh, for your university career. Kind of what were the schools that approached you and um, how was that process like? So um, I played drive basketball from, from U16, U17. Yeah. Um, so grade 10 and 11. And while playing there, uh, I was really interested in going to the States. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, they preach that out in drive. Yeah. So, um, they were trying to help me get connected and stuff like that. So I ended up getting, in my grade 11 year, I ended up getting an offer to uh, D1 school, uh, Montana mm -hmm. State. 
Okay. Uh, I had like interest from like Idaho and like yeah. and some other schools like that. But the the one true offer I had was from Montana State. And when I was kind of figuring out the options, uh, I've always had UBC in the back of my mind. I've always, well, not, well, you know, I've always just had it in my mind. Um, exactly. I always knew that UBC had a great education or yeah. a great academic school. Um, my mom always pushes for academics. Um, first, she always wants to make sure that I had a good education regardless yeah. of where basketball takes me because she always stresses to me about the fallback because it's true. Like, if you get hurt, you know, if you can't play basketball no more, like, what are you going to do, right? So Exactly. Um, when I was in the, actually, when I was in the ninth or I think ninth grade or 10th grade, I actually did a camp. Um, do you remember when UBC was doing camps at the Gold's Gym? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Like Jeff Pippis and Kev and Casey? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when I was in the ninth grade or tenth grade or something like that, I actually did that camp with Wowie. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Right. So we did it, and I ended up meeting Kev and Casey and Jeff, and um, they kind of always told me they were always talking to me about like, oh, like I guess they've seen potential in me. And they were, they're always like talking to me, and they talked to my coaches like presenting yeah. Chaser. And one time in at Holy Cross, um, I think in the tenth grade, um, Chaser and Pez sat, sat me down and talked about UBC, talked about how it could be like a really great opportunity for me. Yeah. Um, and they printed out like two uh, UBC posters or like just two like little papers that had the UBC logo and they printed okay, it. Yeah. Like, no one leave this in your room and just know that, you know, you, you might have an option for that one day. And just, if you want to work towards that, just make sure you look at it kind of every day. So what I did was I taped it on my, the top of my door in my uh, in my room uh, in my house and every time I like woke up and like looked up before I left my room I would look up and let's see it you know so it was always UBC was always in my head all yeah. the time and as I got older you know I started developing a relationship with the coaches they started coming to my games especially in the, my 12th grade year um and when I really weighed down the options Montana State like you know great it's d1 you know everyone wants to chase that d1 dream you know but i was kind of realistic with it and i always been realistic with my parents and i we always talked about you know yeah you can go d1 but is it really good for you and i always want to do something that i'm good like it's that's good for me not saying that i really want to be comfortable it's just the fact that i want to make sure that i look out for myself before you know trying to satisfy the people saying oh you're so good you should go d1 yeah you want this do you want that like what about the nba like like I had to be realistic like okay like I know yeah. I'm good I'm not dumb myself down but you know what I want to make the NBA one day but at the end of the day I don't want to mess my I don't want to screw myself up by mm-hmm. going somewhere and then coming back a year later and then not having anything you know what I mean exactly you always hear about the people who go D1 because they're on this roller they're on the top of the roller coaster thinking that they're gonna you know and then they have this huge downfall because something happened and then they come back and then they don't play anymore or something like that. You know what I mean? It's, I never want to be that guy. Exactly. So, well, when it came down to it, I chose UBC because I wanted education. The basketball was good. Um, I knew that, that, that PBA was an option for me one day. And I knew that yep. Kevin has, has people um, connected in that. So I, like when it came down to it, I chose UBC because for one, I was comfortable and I have family here and I don't like to leave my family. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm half Filipino. I have, like 45 family members in here in Vancouver. So yeah, see them with a break my heart, but um, yeah. So when it really came down to it, it was more so, okay, what's, 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 what do I want out of this? And what's 
going to help me most in my life post-basketball. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Basketball and post-basketball, like without basketball. Um, and also just what's going to make me have a better life and a yeah. life experience. You know, I wasn't, exactly. I wasn't just thinking about just basketball because mm-hmm. I love ball. Don't get me wrong, but man, I'm such a life person too. Like I love everything to do with everything that has to do exactly. with life, family, you know, experiences like that. So I always thought about that too. Cause I'm like, if I left, okay, what will I miss out? I'll probably miss out on weddings, family events, yeah. like, you know what I'm saying? And going to UBC, I could still attend everything. Exactly. And having your and having your family at, at the games too and having yeah. that support and love is goes. Yeah. Every single one of my high school games yeah. I have family there. Like I never didn't have family in my high school games. Exactly. And just having that support and then just seeing them in the crowd, it it, it means a lot. And just to have that comfort, most definitely. Exactly. So that's that's the reason why I chose to stay. And I mean I don't regret it at all. It's been amazing. So yeah. Yeah, no, even when I was um, going through my process and thinking about different schools and where I wanted to play, um, that was one of my main reasons because, you know, you know, we're both family oriented and, uh, you know, family is a big part of us. So, you know, that, that's what went into my decision is just having them at, them, at those games. Right. You know, and who knows, like you said, you could get injured, you know, your basketball career could be cut short. So you don't know how many games you have to play. So like, dude, that support system is huge, bro. Like, I don't care. I'm a mom's boy. I need my yeah, facts, bro. I don't care what you say. I don't like that's my mom. I love her. Like, yeah, she helps me. She guides me through everything. A, a text and a FaceTime is not enough, man. Like, yeah, I had to do that. I had to do a FaceTime and a text, and her come every other like every five months or something like that. You know, what I mean? yeah. If I chose to go abroad somewhere, but you know, like having her there and having her, you know, help me and guide me. As well as my dad too, just you know, everyone in general, just exactly, man. And more and it's just see them physically is way different, you know. I mean? Especially when you know, you know, like universities full of ups and downs with your games, with balancing school, and you're just going through so many emotions. You're still developing and turning into an an adult. So to have that support system, it goes, you know, goes a hundred, you know, miles, you know. So you know, that's amazing. Yeah. Exactly. And also shout out to all the moms, man. You know, y'all hold us down. <laughs> Honestly, they should be ruling the world, man. Women should oh, 100%. world. I'm just going to say it. Like, they know what's best. There's a reason why you listen to your mom every time. And there's a reason why your mom's always right. It's the reason why the mom, you know, the mom's the head of the house, man. No matter how the dads want to flex and try and act tough, man, the mom's running. Yeah, man. That's why they a happy wife, happy life. You know what I'm saying? Exactly, I'm, man. I'm like a simp out here, but like, I'm, <laughs> I'm just being real. But also, Tay, um, the thing the thing you were saying that I think is super important, and I kind of want you to, uh, you know, shed some advice for, you know, for kids who are going into grade 12, and they're entering this process of deciding where they want to play and, you know, chasing that D1 dream and, you know, kind of not thinking the, the youth sports league is there. But, you know, talk about you know, how much the U Sports League has grown and has developed. And even if you don't go D1, there's so much opportunity in U Sports where, you know, a lot of players are turning pro and it's be- there's becoming more and more, um, you know, it's, it's growing and it's becoming more as a stepping stone for players to go pro, you know. So kind of dive into that and, you know, when kids are going through that process and, you know, just weighing both options equally and just thinking, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, I like that because I feel like when I was 
in high school, it was a lot of pressure for my my age and kind of my people to mm-hmm. to, to go D one or go be that guy that goes to the states. You know what I mean? Like yeah. But I feel like I want to be that person to change that as well and to show people like, yo, you don't need to go to the states and you can mm-hmm. be successful here. So I think my advice for a lot of you know the youth and a lot of the people you know getting to the point in their careers where they need to make a decision whether they want to leave or they want to stay or the goals that they might have to to either play in Canada or to play in the States. Canada is good. Canada is amazing. You can do so many things. At the end of the day, we're all basketball players. You know, your skill, your skill is your skill. If you are a skilled player and doesn't mean you you have to be averaging 30 points in Canada to Mm -hmm. mean that you're a D1 player. Like, no, that's not what it is. It's It's just the fact that, you know, like just, do what you like do what you do best and just make sure you you know you develop yourself and work hard and and really find your 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 niche and find what you can provide for a team and you will play like it's not it's not teams don't really look like a pro team won't just they will look at you and see what school you went to by the end of the day like they will mostly judge you on what you can do for their team like it's not like oh okay he played d1 yeah, it might it might look better at first, but when it comes down to it, when you play one on one against someone from D one, you you could be beating them as if, or you could be the same. You could exactly. be the same pillow, You know what I mean? Like just because they went D one or not, you know what I'm saying? So it's, I think a lot of people have to just uh, gotta can't be afraid to play in Canada and yeah. understand that it's it's basketball at the end of the day. Like it's not like it's it's not like you're playing against toddlers. Like people exactly. compare to like, oh, you're with the adults or you're with, and you're playing Canada. That means you're playing with like little kids. You know what I mean? Like it's not that good. No, like it's good. Like I've played against some guys like that scored, scored heavy on me and that I'm like, exactly. I didn't think you were that good, but damn, like these guys can play. You know what I mean? So, and a lot of these good players in Canada had offers to the play team one. They just didn't want to play in the States. So it's like people got to yeah. stop conflicting the two and thinking that, or they got to stop um, discrediting players for playing in Canada and not playing in the States, even though they had like offers in the States, I think just do what's best for you. If you feel like you want to do something bigger, you want to be the guy to play in the States, you want to make it to the league out there, go ahead. You know, that's, that's on you, but exactly, yeah. don't ever feel pressure to, to go there because you feel pressure from people outside of your own self. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. but that's what I, made sure I didn't do it like I just didn't I didn't do it because you know people were telling me to do it I just wanted to play at somewhere where I felt more comfortable and where I felt like I could uh be the best player that I could be you know and I think that's exactly that's it. yeah and I I think the um when you when these kids and what even when we were going through our process I think I think the most important thing as well to weigh in is where are you going to develop most as a player and where are you going to get the most opportunity for you to, you know, as you're developing, as you're working on these skills now, when, when, you know, where are you going to get the opportunity or the place where that's going to give you the opportunity to, you know, showcase yourself. So exactly. You know, so yeah, no, exactly. And I I definitely think you sports, even from when I was playing and even years before I was playing, uh, there's a lot of talent and there's a lot of good players for sure. Like like any given night you're going, you're going against good guards. Like you can attest to that Calgary, Alberta, like hundred percent. These guys are, these guys are good. Everyone's good. Like doesn't matter what league you're in. Like there are good players everywhere. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, most definitely. And I think that's, um, you know, I think that's something that needs, you know, more light on. And um, yeah, you know, it's good to have a dream. Definitely pursue the, these D1s and have NBA dreams. But we, yeah, when you get to that point, like you said, you know, you got to, you know, look at yourself in the mirror, be realistic and, you know, make the best decision for you to where you're going to achieve, you know, the goals that you've set out. So exactly. Because you know what? You can go out there because everyone's yapping your ears saying, Go D1. Oh, if you don't go D1, you're yeah. not going to do it. And you go there and you don't even get to play one minute. You know what I'm saying? And exactly. Then, you over. And then what are you going to say? What are you going to, like, how are you going to, everyone's going to hop off of you right away. And mm-hmm. then where are they going to be when, when you, you know what I mean? When they were out here cheering for you and all that stuff. And then as soon as you're not playing, exactly. <laughs> you don't really hear them anymore. So it's like, so that's why I say, like, you know, just do what's best for you because at the end of the day, mm-hmm you are the one who made that decision and you are the only one to blame for that decision. You know, you can't blame other people for making you go to the States. Like that's on you. hundred percent. And, um, you know, kind of, you know, going into your UBC career, so you come in first year, you know, kind of take us through how, how that process was, how you got comfortable, you know, because now you're playing against, you know, basically grown men. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as you said, you know, the game's quicker, the game's stronger. So, you know, the reads are faster. It's just, it's twice as fast as it was in high school. So kind of when you got into first year, who were your big bros who kind of, you know, showed you the rope, showed you how to maneuver and, you know, line you up to be successful as you progress. So uh, let's just, we'll we'll start off when I was in grade 12 and I committed, I ended up playing some runs. So when I was playing runs, um, I was playing against some of the older dudes, like some of the guys on the team already. And, what helped me a lot was knowing how to play basketball already. Yeah. I was talking about before. I knew how to do pick and rolls. I, I had a big man named Aaron Medeisky. I don't know if you heard about him, but. Okay. Yeah. Cross. He, he was a, like a six, seven big man. And he yeah. was the best pick and roll players I've ever played with. And he like helped me my life so much easier as a point guard. Um, so when I got to those runs, you know, I was I'm in big the big man on. I'm like, okay, like yeah, (laughs) not not much different than you know how I used to play with with big men. So it was was really it was a lot easier for me to transition um into playing with dudes, especially my first year, um, because of my my like the way I was taught to play basketball back in high school. Um, but in terms of like my individual kind of stuff in my first year, um, I gotta give a lot of credit. To Connor Morgan, Jordan Justin White, um, you know, David Wagner, Will Andre, uh, Luca, like those are all my big bros. Like I was a young guy. Like I was I was a little bro. I was uh it was three of us who were rookies, me, um, Dom Gilbert and Roger. Um, okay, I, was yeah. only, I was only the only like because uh, Dom was like six six, Roger was like six eight, six nine, you know what I mean? So I was like the kind of like the more little guard. Yeah. Like the only one. So like I had like Jordan who was like six five. Yeah. Like you know, what I mean, like there wasn't any guards really. Well, yeah. Phil, Phil actually, Phil too. Oh, was there? Yeah, Phil, yeah. Phil was another big bro, but he he was new too, so it was kind of yeah, really different. So, um, yeah. So in my first year, I kind of had to transition to a kind of like a role player, and I started developing more of a jump shot, and I started people started to notice me for my three point shot, and yeah. that's when I kind of transitioned to like a shooter, like dead eye yeah. shooter. Because I didn't really know I could shoot like that until I got to university. Really? 
Yeah. I thought you were, I, I always thought you were coming out of high school just guns blazing like that. Yeah, like, people, people knew I had a strap, though. Like, I always yeah. thought, like, I like a really good shooter, and I used to shoot so much back in the day, man. Like, yeah. This school used to go to, like, 6 a.m., just go shoot with my coach, Presente, in the morning, like, on that gun. We, had a, we, had yeah. a, we were, like, one of the first schools to have, like, a, a shooting machine. Okay, yeah. So, oh, I was on that, like, a lot. Um, but... I kind of like to like slash a lot though in high school. Like, I was a mostly like I was like an all around kind of player, but yeah, you know I had a good three. But then when I got to university, Kev told me stay in that corner and just shoot. yeah, <laughs> don't even hesitate at all. So <laughs> so like transitioning to that, I was like yeah, like okay, like that's You're like all right, you know I'll let this thing. You want me to do like really? That's all you want me to do? I'm always yeah. doing that. That is that's the best news you could give me. You know what I mean? Being like a first year, I was nervous. As, I was nervous as hell. Like, I didn't really. Oh, of course, yeah. You were men. Like, like I'm, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm skinny, built naturally, and I was, I'm like 180 right now. But back then, I was like, well, like coming into the university, I was like 150, probably 145. So and I was good. like, <laughs> I was terrified, you know what I'm saying? I was just yeah. like, so, um, yeah, so he told me just to be a shooter. And then, you know, those guys always kind of taught me um, the ins and outs of the game. And they, you know, stressed that, you know, when I, when I get the ball, shoot that, you know, shoot that. Yeah. So I ended up, um, in my first year, I ended up, uh, I was all rookie team. I was on the Canada West all rookie team. I had, uh, I think I had, I don't know what my, I think my percentage was like 43%. From three, first year. my first year. People like take that, that in. First yeah, year. forty or forty-three percent, something like that. For my first year, I think I was like forty-three for a hundred. Uh, I didn't shoot too many, but yeah, I was pretty efficient. Like I was really oh, hundred percent. Yeah, you know I'm saying so. Yeah, like in my first year, I was just a straight gunner. I was just shooting yeah. three, and I learned a lot from those guys, and like they really found me. Like they told me the spots they need me in, and I just did that, and I always like got into the right spots for them to just pass me to shoot it and yeah the shooting I was backdoor cutting I mean like it wasn't really like a slasher or anything like that but I was kind of just a, a shooter and I played defense and and yeah I was like more like lanky and long right so I was, yeah you know I could defend like a guy who's six one I could defend a six foot guard and I can also defend a six four guard six five guard you know so, so you know and I think you're a great great example Tay on how you you know, coming into UBC and seeing where you're going to be effective and listening to Coach Hanson and each level that you level up to in your career, you're not going to be the best player on that team. It's, it's basketball. It's just life. You know, you know how it goes, but you're a great example on how you can still be effective and make a huge impact on a team. And, you know, the way you had adjusted your game and just turning into a three-point specialist and an amazing defender, like, you know, and, and here you are now, like, you, you know, we'll get into that, but, you know, you set, or you tied the three-point record, right, and, which is, you know, amazing, like, you were saying, you were first, you know, always a slasher, and now you're, you're this three and D specialist, so, yeah. you know, I think that's a great example for kids coming into university, and knowing that you can get minutes, and you can have important minutes, on a on a team you just got to adjust your game and find find a pocket where you can be you know successful and bring something to the team so exactly because like you know what i mean like in my grade 12 year i was doing everything exactly like, <laughs> and I was like but but i came into the i came into the season and then you know guys were, were telling me like you know we need you to do this and stuff like that you know i'm one to listen you know i'm one to listen and i'm one to to really listen to my elders like i'm always taught that so you know when they were telling me stuff and i was like 
really taking it in like, yeah, like these guys want the best for me. They're not trying to mm-hmm. tell me you can't do this. You can't do that. They tell me, you know, I need you to do this. And in my head, I'm like, man, if they need me to do that, I will do anything. Exactly. I will do anything to make sure I do that job. You know what I'm saying? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm very, I'm a very, I'm a very, uh, I'm a team player. Yeah, exactly. I don't like to, I don't like no, I don't like negativity throughout anything. I'm not going to be out there like, no, nah, I'm not going to do this. Like my ego, you know what I'm saying? You know yeah. What I'm so when they told me I need, I need to do that and I could see that I could do that. And sometimes I would be too unselfish, man. There's sometimes where I wouldn't even shoot it sometimes because I wasn't fully comfortable and they would get mad at me. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then I would miss like six in a row and they would still tell me to shoot. And I'm like, wow, okay, this is, this is interesting, you know, like, mm-hmm. and, ha- and having that, that probably gave you all the confidence in yeah, the world. Yeah, that's what I mean, and they really trusted me and believed in me and knew that if they needed a three-point shot, I'm that guy, you know what I'm saying, like, yeah, Bill's a deadly shooter, um, I'm a deadly, like, you know what I mean, I became a deadly shooter, and, like, teams, every time I would check in a game, shooter, 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 you know what I mean, so, like, I earned yeah. that respect from them, and I earned that respect in the league, too, so it was really good to, to kind of, see my game kind of go through another development again yeah another transition because a lot of people don't understand that like every single year like you're saying like every single year you change and like every single year you have to develop into what situation you're in like you're not just gonna be that same player as you were even though yeah you could score 30 in high school it doesn't mean that you're gonna just come out of all of a sudden score 30 and yeah (laughs) you got to be humble about it and and know that everything's a process and that's what i've kind of learned yeah, no, 100%. And um, yeah, I think that's, you know, amazing that you, you were able and you were able to adjust your game, you were able to find, you know, your niche on, on this UBC team, because, you know, you had some, you had some dogs on your team when, you know, from first year to, you know, when Connor and Jordan left, like, you had some real dogs, you yeah. know, that you were playing with. So, so, you know, that was amazing that you found a place where you know you made an impact with those guys so yeah yeah you know that was very you know that's you know very cool to see and very you know inspiring for these kids coming up to you know look at you and see oh I can make you know I can get minutes and make an impact you know I don't have to score 30 I don't have to do all you know a b and c you know what I mean so exactly I think the most important thing like for the early transitions into you know grade 12 and then university I think you have to understand is that you kind of just have to, you got to let go of that ego. You know what I mean? And just let go of that stuff about, you know, I'm entitled to this. I'm entitled to that. Mm-hmm. Like just, you know, if they want you to do something and they want, you know, if you're really feeling some type of way about how a coach is treating you or what they want you to do and you know, you can do more. Talk yeah. To them. You can talk yeah. to them, right? But, yeah. but I always understood that it's a process and you can't, you like you got to start at the bottom to get to the top i guess Mm -hmm. i mean i've always respected that and i've never you know and maybe if i had a different mentality it could make me better or it could make me worse i don't know but what worked for me is knowing that you know there are older guys and you got to wait your turn like you got to do some that you can do for them now but you're who you are as a player in your first year is not who you're going to be when you're in your in your fifth year so i'm always like you know what like it's all good like i can just be a shooter like, I'm going to just find my way to, like, I didn't really want to try to do too much. You know, I would come off a screen. I could come off a screen and, and score, or I could just pass it off and re- and relocate and get a shot. You know what I mean? And I chose yeah. to because that, was that wasn't my place to go and come off a screen and go to the lane and get a layup. That was Jordan's job. That was Phil's exactly. job. Exactly. So, 
so I just knew my place, you know, and then just kind of. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's super dope, man. And, um, you know, I'm glad you did that. I'm glad you ha you're having the success you are having. Um, you know, kind of through your UBC career, first year, second year, and then um, I believe, and then third year, you, you know, you got better every single year, which was, you know, amazing to see. Um, you know, you know, but you did have a little bump in the road during your UBC career. Um, you know, kind of dive into, you know, that, that injury. Um, I believe it was going into your fourth year, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, um, you know, for everyone listening and for everyone who um, doesn't know, you know, Taylor tore his Achilles um, in the summer, getting ready for him to go into his fourth year. So kind of, you know, tell, you know, dive in and let us know how that process was, how you were feeling when it first happened, um, you know, how that tested you mentally and, you know, where you're at now. So, yeah, so after my first year, I was feeling good. You know, going to my second year, I was feeling good. I did more. I was, I was averaging 40% threes, you know, again, and I was just feeling like, okay, this is great. Like, you know, I'm, I'm starting to transition to the next step, you know, like next step is starting. And then my third yeah. year, I started a couple games. I was so a little nervous. I didn't, you know, I had to take a backseat again for, I had, it was like a six man again. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, but I was still doing good. You know, I felt like, yeah. I felt like my fourth year was my year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I went to the summer of my third year after my third year. And, and, and the first run of the summer, the first run ever that we had, I ruptured my, I came down the floor did a layup. It was like my third game in, I did a layup and then I was just running back on defense and then I was just backpedaling. And then I came to pick up my check at three point line of mm -hmm. the other hoop. And I just felt it snapped. And I was like, Whoa, like, and I fell to the ground. Were you there? Tay, I was there. I was running back on D with you. Dude, I, I didn't layup. Remember, remember I did a layup. Yeah. It was good. Like I just felt good. I did a layup and then I was running back and then I went to pick up Jack and then, he was at the half court line. I was at the three and I just yeah. transitioned to like step forward. Yeah. And I just, I just felt like someone kicked me in my leg. So then I <laughs> went down. So I went down and I remember, did I ask you guys? I'm like, yo, like, did somebody kick yeah, my You're leg? like, who tripped me? You're like, yeah. <laughs> like, did I get kicked or like? Yeah. And I was confused. Cause I, w I don't think I was screaming in pain. Like I didn't know. Really you pain. weren't. So the craziest thing about that was, so when you picked Jack up at half, I ran past you and then I started denying on the wing and yeah. then, I see, um, I guess during that point, I didn't see you fall, um, but I see people leaving to go, to go up near half court where you were. So I was like, looking. I was like, what's going on? Yeah. And then I see you, I, I see you grabbing the, you know, the back of your, the back of your heel. Yeah. So I was like, ah, oh, damn. I'm like, it, I, at first I'm like, oh, it must be an ankle sprain or something like that. And then when you were like, yo, like, I can't feel anything. Yeah. <laughs> and, we were like, what? <laughs> yeah. You're like, yeah, like, and then you were like, yo, touch, touch the back of my Achilles. And when I went to touch it, bro, it was like jelly. Oh my God. Like that, that was crazy. Like, yeah. So I guess what happened was when I was coming back, this was my Achilles, like mm -hmm. when I hurt. And I guess when I made the transition to, I stepped forward to go forward. Yeah. 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 Like bring this one there. And I stepped and this one just, it just snapped and it just completely ruptured. And and I remember like going down, I was so confused. And yeah. they say that the typical response for someone who does that is like, is to like be like, yo, who kicked my leg or something like that. And that's like, exactly what I said. I was like, did you guys kick my leg? Like what happened? I went down yeah. and it was hurting because all the, the nerves were broken off. So I couldn't feel anything. 
So yeah. like during, during when that, when that happened and then we took you to the side, there was still no pain, no, yeah, no pain. My leg, my foot was so hot because it was so numb and it was yeah. that all I felt was literally like my dead weight and my saying like, this is a normal Achilles. Like all I felt yeah. was a normal foot. This is all I felt. It was like that, like dead weight. It's just limp. Yeah. So I was like, Oh my gosh. Like this is the first real injury that I've ever had <laughs> in my life. And I'm like, everything started playing in my head like everything i'm like holy like what's gonna happen now right so i, I had yeah. to go to the hospital so luca uh thanks shout out to luca but he took me he drove me to the hospital at uc and i called my mom and my brother and i'm like mom i think something bad happened like you gotta come get me you gotta come to ubc right now yeah so in the meantime while i was signing up for registering myself for the hospital they came and then i waited like, i think i waited like I don't know what happened. I think I waited like an hour or so in the hospital in the ER. And then I got checked. My mom and brother came. Doctor checked it and said, you might have um, had a full tear. and But we want you to come back tomorrow and take like a CT scan or something like that. Okay, yeah. So then I go home and or at the hospital, actually. You know what I actually did? I searched up like Kobe Achilles like injury and like yeah. first up like how to pro like what to do or like how to think because I was in shock man like I was so scared and nervous because I've never been through anything like that in my life and yeah you always think that you're the last one to ever go through to like ever have to deal with something like that like you know what I mean you never think you're gonna get injured one day like you never think you never yeah that. so I was just tripping I was so scared and I remember I actually have a picture on my phone of screenshot of i think of kobe like like i think his page or his article about his achilles something like that and yeah and like the next day i went to go get first of all i don't, I don't even think i slept because i was so nervous and so scared yeah so i went the next day i had to go to the hospital and i got a ct scan and then the results came back i think a couple hours later and they called me and said yeah you you ruptured fully ruptured your achilles tendon and i was oh, hit me man hit me hard so in the in that moment hey when they told you kind of what was what was the first thing that went through your mind when you're sitting there and the doctor tells you first thing i thought was is my career over like is this the time where i hang the shoes and really say that i'm done with ball like i always thought that i was going to be the last one to play out of my class i thought i was yeah. going to play you know i was going to finish my university career out. i was going to write it out and the thoughts that I was literally having was, am I done? Like, is this over? Um, yeah. Well, it was, it was heartbreaking. It was confusing. It was scary. I didn't know what to, to think. I didn't know what to do. Yeah, yeah. But I always, you know, I just prayed to God and, and talked to my mom and dad. And just, they always told me, like, don't worry about it. You're fine. Like, it'll be good. Like, God has a plan for you. Like, just keep praying. Keep, mm -hmm. keep, keep your faith strong. And yeah always got to credit God, man. Like without, without him, we are nothing without him. We can't do anything. And I know that it's a test and it's a test for me because I was so blessed to, ne to not get an injury for my whole career. So it was, a, it was a test for my mental, for my, you know, for my character, for everything. So, you know, I got, um, the whole process of it was I got uh, a boot for a bit and then I had my surgery booked and then I had the surgery and then I had a heart cast and had a boot for another three months. And then fast forward, I had, I had my recovery was 14 months, total. 14 months, total 14 months, no basketball, like no, yeah. like I had to wait 40 months to actually play in a screen. So, I mean, in terms of, we won't talk about, maybe we won't talk about that yet, but in terms of the whole recovery. Yeah. Oh man, like my, 
I can't, I, like I said, I've never gone through something like this in my life. I've, I, I got depressed a bit. I was so negative sometimes. I didn't really know what to do. I, yeah. you know, luckily I had a great support system that took my mind away from being injured. Like, like I can't even lie. I went to the club one day with my boot on before. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, 100%. like three months, three months, at, like two months after I had a boot on, I was at the club. Yeah. It was like, my friends were like, nah, we're getting you out, man. We're getting you out. Like, we don't want you to just be sitting in the bed all day. Like, all, okay, I doing, yeah. all I was doing with my, cr- like I had crutches. So all I was doing was just sitting, resting, eating, and just playing video games. Like I couldn't do anything. Yeah. I literally could not leave my house. So yeah, like they took me out. I was enjoying it. You know, I was, I was starting to, to, to figure out, okay, what can I do outside of basketball that makes me happy? Yeah. I more modeling. I started to try to like, I don't know. I started to like, just kind of hang out with my friends more. Um, I have a lot of friends from my childhood, but I yeah. never got to get close to them because I was always really, really, really busy, especially in university. But mm-hmm. being injured, like I was a lot, I was able to like hang out with them a lot. And I really, it really like yeah. skyrocketed the relationship to where it is now because of, you know, being injured. So it was like a blessing in disguise because yeah, I couldn't play basketball, but you know what? My other things were on pause in my life and I was yeah. able to bring them back up. You know what I'm saying? And I was able to, to start modeling and, and exactly. I, I ended up signing with a modeling agency. You know what I mean? I've always wanted to, I just never had the time because of basketball. So I was ending up doing that. I ended up hanging out with my friends more and I was able to, to spend more time with my mom and my dad. I was able to build a better relationship with my brother. You know what I mean? I was just, everything was moving so fast because of basketball that when I got injured, it allowed me to slow down, even though I was hurt. Like, you know, it's <laughs> ironic that it takes an injury for me to like, have that but it's sometimes you need a break you know and like mentally I needed a break and it was hurting me mentally because I wasn't able to play basketball but every time that would be only me when I'm thinking of playing ball you know I mean yeah but when I was with my friends and my family and that stuff made me feel good I I didn't really think about being injured because I'm like oh like you know I still got this going for me yeah so (laughs) yeah no and I think um I think going through something like that is such a um, such a humbling experience. It really is. Um, it also tests it. It tests you. It tests your character. It tests you as a person. And um, like you said, when negative things happen in life, it it's almost like when things are like you said when things are happening so fast. It's just like a reset. You know, it's like you know, let's slow down. You know, let's look at different things. You know, and see if, how we can improve you know, your whole life as a whole. And like you said, you got your relationships um, improved. You know, you got this modeling gig now that you're working on, which is going super successful. So, you know, like I always said, you know, God's never late. He's never early. He's always on time. So, you know, I think every, you know, everything happens for a reason. And um, I think even going forward with anything, you know, serious that happens, you know, I guarantee this situation, how you'll handle that situation, you know, going through that Achilles injury is going to help you approach different situations now in life and, yeah. and how you, um, and how you handle that and get over it. Yeah, exactly. Like it's not even more so like a basketball injury. It's more like a life, like it's like, a, it's like, it was like a life injury because it allowed me to, to learn more and to like reset and build my character up, <laughs> overcome it. Like, I'm not even going to lie here. Like it, it really discouraged me a lot. And it really put me down. And sometimes I'd even feel like I want to go to physio or if I didn't even feel yeah. like to go work out or, or to do anything 
to get myself better sometimes because that's just yeah. that's what happens to you when you know when bad things happen sometimes right but you know i found a way and you know i i, I grinded to the best that i could um yeah you know with uh miguel alfanto yeah. um kevin uh valky and the physio um it's called uh risardo mark risardo yeah um and you know my surgeon too and like everyone was always just you know being there for me and everyone supported me i got so many messages from people i got so much support from all my family and yeah tell me you know is there anything i can do for you and stuff like that so you know the times were at the dark times that i had yeah it, it really helped me it really helped me um overcome them by having all the people that i had around me and like it really helped me develop uh, my character and yeah. me you know man up and it just brought it just like i said it 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 changed my life in general more, not so much just like basketball. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. And, um, you know, especially for me when I went through my herniated disc, um, I think the thing that helped the most, even though it was such a mental battle, like, yeah, the injury, how severe it was, like same with your Achilles. I think the mental battle and the voices that are in your head when you're going through that time is so, um, you know, it really, it really tests your mental capacity and how you handle things. Because for me, I was always going back and forth. Like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can come back and be the same player, yeah. you know, da, da, da. So when you overcome it, you know, it really shows your character and shows the person you are. And I think it's a blessing in disguise. And, you know, it helps you breed so many different things and help you get into so many different avenues, which I think is amazing. So, Straight up, you know, for sure. And like, even, even now, like after, so like the year I had a year, I had to wait 14 months to play. And then I was playing yeah. next year. We went to my first big test was um, the Jones cup. And I actually did a lot better than I thought I would. You know what I mean? Is that like, your first tournament back into like, really back. So I literally was cleared. I think I was cleared like in June mm -hmm. or I think, or no, sorry. I was cleared in like uh, in May. Yeah. And then I actually played in July. So that was my first like, test. And I was doing physio and everything. But yeah, when I played in July, like, you know, I was scared as hell. Like, I didn't even know what to, I was like, shoot, I have to move different. I got to stretch. Yeah. It. But I ended up doing, you know, better than I thought. You know, I wasn't the same player at all. Like, people got to understand, you're not going to be the same player. Yeah. You got to find ways to, to get yourself to, like, a better player. You know, I'm not, exactly. it's not like, it's not like, like, I'm here, you know what I mean, get myself back. The player I was, was here. Exactly. It's more so you kind of have to go around and then go up. Exactly, and yeah. Go straight into the same player and then go up again. Like, mm -hmm. you're not going to be the same. So that Jones Cup tournament in uh, in Asia was really good because it it allowed for me to, allowed for me to like, find my, like, my 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 role again. Um, and your rhythm. And my get, rhythm get again. Back, it, was, yeah. it was weird. It was really weird. I was, it, it really tested my mental while in-game too. Like, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Knowing that, like, okay, can I do this or can I not? Like, should I try going hard on my left leg? Yeah. You know what I mean? Or should you know, I, you're always second guessing yeah, yourself. Should I just, should I just kind of stay back and shoot the three instead? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that was kind of like my thought process. I ended up doing decently. And you know, the game that I need to do well against the Philippines, I actually yeah. had like, it felt like it was me again, who I was before. Like, and I was just about to say, you had an amazing game against the Philippines. Yeah, like, it felt like, it felt like that's why like, that's why I feel like God has a plan for everything. Like, yeah, I had, I had, you know, a major injury and they said I wasn't going to be the same and I wasn't even expecting to play that much in, the, in yeah. Asia, but Kev knew that 
this Philippines game was huge for me because there were scouts for the PBA. Yeah. And I had, like, 27, 26 points, man. Like, I was like, whoa, <laughs> like, who is this guy? You know what I mean? Like, I never yeah. do that again because I never – I never was – I hadn't played for, like, like, 16 months. I never played ball. You know what I mean? Like, I never played a real game in 16 months. Like, so that's like, crazy. Like, yeah, <laughs> To have my best game of the tournament against the Philippines in the game that I needed to play the best. That was, probably meant the world to you, huh? Like, oh, literally. It was like I had my family watching in the Philippines live. They were watching. That's live. amazing. They got, to, they got to cheer me on. They never got to see me play before, but they got to cheer me on while in the Philippines, you know? So, yeah, it was a huge, huge moment for me. Um, and it helped me transition to the season. I mean, the season, coming back to in the season, I was nervous. I had a yeah. little. Um, I had a little setback because my calf was hurting or something like that, or like yeah. I soreness in my other ankle because all the weight transitioned to the other ankle. Mm-hmm. So I didn't get to play in the first couple of exhibition games that we had at UBC. And then, you know, I was kind of nervous to get back. Yeah, I wanted to play, but I got to make sure I'm good. Yeah. And, you know, fast forward to the actual season, you know, it was, yeah. it was decent. You know, it was decent. I can't say it was my best at all. It was it was a test for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I did decently. I think I did yeah. good. If I could have been a better player. I was just – like even my mental was kind of weird and you know and, and like players like Jaden can attest to that they knew I didn't really have as much confidence as I did before but it's it's normal you know what I'm saying I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm supposed to be big dog after get injured like yeah exactly I was, kind of, I was nervous I didn't really know what to expect and you know I could have done better this year for sure I could have provided more for Jaden and I wish I could you know I mm-hmm. wish I could average like 10 a game for them or 15 a game exactly you know yeah what? it's my story and the way I handle it is the way I handle it and mm-hmm. you know and that's why I needed that year to like that year was kind of like a transition year for me I needed to just get back into it and then yeah this year coming up will be my year that I'm like that Taylor again you know what I'm saying so exactly and you know it's crazy because it kind of kind of goes full circle to um, you know kind of like your high school career you know like exactly. you develop 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 in your last year you know you know that's you exactly what I always thought in the back of my head I'm like Oh, this is so similar to, to yeah, because, like. because all those years in grade nine, grade 10, grade 11, I was like a role player and I was kind of had this, I had to figure out, okay, I had to build confidence. I had to, to go through times of not feeling like I could do something and just kind of, yeah. and then, you know, feeling a little discouraged. And then when I got to my grade 12 year, I was just like, all right, it's it. Let us go. Yeah. But I think I need that pressure for some weird reason. I need that pressure of like knowing like this is my last shot and I need that. I need to like develop that pressure over time so yeah. that so then when I get to my final year, it's all out. You know, I'm going all out. So that's why I felt yeah. like this year, like this upcoming season is gonna be like that. Not saying, you know, I'm gonna be the man, like I'm gonna exactly, yeah. I just mean that this would be my best year coming up because of what I gone through just like in my high school. Exactly. And um, you know, things are pretty crazy with uh COVID and kind of things are up in the air for the season and what's gonna happen. Kind of what's the kind of what's your um, your feeling and the team's uh, mentality right now as you guys enter uh, this this year? Yeah, so I mean, everybody knows how weird this year has been already. Um, yeah. You know, we weren't even like you couldn't even play ball in the parks; they had it chained up and everything. So yeah, so it's really weird. It was really weird for us. I think right now we're all a little discouraged as we should be because it's just mm-hmm. it's like we're, it's it's like it's taken away from us, you know what I mean? Like, what we yeah. do is taken away from us, we can't do it. And it's just awkward and it's weird and it's, we're confused, you know? So I think right now everyone's just confused and just eager and just, like, eager to see what's going to happen because we don't know what's yeah. going to happen. 
exactly now our season's postponed till january but okay. in october they're going to decide whether they have a season or not so you know with all that up in the air we and not much we can control i guess it, we're all just we're all just feeling weird like we talk and stuff like that right but a lot of us yeah. haven't even met each other yet because of this, this stuff yeah <laughs> so like you know it's it's weird because we want to you know we want to be ready we want to be like yeah let's go this let's do this like yeah. oh like when are you guys coming out but we all this uncertainty we don't really know what's going on so yeah. i think the mentality is good like everyone's hungry but we can't really do anything about it you know what i mean like we we yeah. can only do so much like guys are working outside in their backyards guys are playing in the outdoor courts but realistically exactly, yeah. we need a gym we need a gym to practice with each other and we need to yeah gym to work out like you know i'm not trying to make excuse like we're all doing our thing but in order for us to progress as a team like we need to be together and we just don't know when that's gonna happen 100 percent. and um like you say you know you guys can only control what you can control and that's just you know doing what you can work out when you when you can like in your backyards do what you can so um yeah it's definitely weird weird times um you know i hope for you guys that they're able to figure something out and you know, we can get back to playing and you guys can get your season and, and, you know, get that, um, get that chance to play for a national championship. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of to, um, you know, move off a little bit off uh, basketball, you know, with crazy things happening in this world and, you know, all that's surrounding us right now, um, you know, with a lot of injustice, um you know a lot of inequality racism that's happening right now you know and i know you know you've been pretty active um with the protests and things that's happening you know kind of give us um you know your views on you know you know what you're seeing and you know kind of share your experience with what's going on in the world right now yeah i think it's uh it's great um to see this push for all this equality because i feel like our generation you know gener- the, the half for the millennials, the, young, the younger millennials, and the generation, is it Generation C or something like that? Is that what's called? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you know, I think we are we are the generations of, you know, not taking, not take, not being, not settling with with an average. You know, we don't want to just yeah. we, we don't want to just accept what they give us. Like we want what's right, and we want what we yeah. know is right. You know what I'm saying? So I think the um, a lot of the older generations that have a lot of the older immigrants and the people of color that have had to come to places like America and, and um, Canada, they've had to kind of just accept what's given to them or else they wouldn't even be yeah. who they are today. You know exactly. I feel like they, yeah, no, 100%. they built the ground for us and it's time that we take it now and, and, and make a real change for them because mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's sickening. It's gross. Like everything out there right now, and especially with the racism and, and, all this systemic racism and stuff like that, like it's there. Like people can't yeah. be like, you know, if, if you are that naive and ignorant to, to act like it's not there, then, you know, you need a reality check because, because this stuff is real and yeah. you don't know, and you don't know how it really feels if you're not per- people of color, if you're not exactly black, if you're not indigenous, you know what I'm saying? Like, like it's real and I'm really glad that the world is reacting like this and the protests don't stop and everyone mm-hmm. is not taking, they're not taking no for an answer and they're not taking, they're not letting it go until there is an actual change because this has gone way too far. There's way too many deaths, especially with police. 
happening every other day and it's so gross and sickening and the thing about technology now is that everyone's getting exposed like you know and i'm and i'm glad like if it if it's going to take technology to really bring this this issue to light then you know what then that's our era and that's our turn then it's all bring it to light because i feel like back then you know yeah there's a lot of racism and stuff like that but you know they couldn't really they couldn't really uh capture it yeah exactly social media and stuff like that because because it was all just it was just all by word of mouth right like all yeah you see in 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 your area and stuff like that but now it's crazy to see that every single state is protesting there are things happening in every single um state countries like like all over the world like people are protesting all over the world for this whole issue you know yeah man like and the world needs to wake up and you know i hope i hope something happens and i hope they make a change mm-hmm. because and you can't really like how can you preach equality if there really is an equality you know what i mean so exactly and i think everyone's had enough and and our gen like i said our generations have had enough and it's up to us now to make a change and mm-hmm. and as much as the older generations want to say oh it's okay like just 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 live with it it's fine just live yeah. with it like no like we're not we're not going to sit here and just and just act like it's not there you know and mm-hmm. just, like we understand that they had to just accept it and move on with it because or else they had to yeah. leave but no nah, like we earned our right to be a citizen and we are citizens here now we were born here and we want to live in a place where it is racism free and everything like that you know so i think it's great i think it's great what's going on i have no issues i have no issues with going on I think, you know, you, you, everyone needs to do their part, sign petitions, you know, raise awareness. Educate is huge. Like, education is number one, and that doesn't mean going to school. It means educating yourself on a topic. Exactly. Um, and you will know, because I feel like a lot of people have been have been uneducated on this topic. And, you know, credits to my girlfriend. She's been doing her work on everything, and she's been really studying it and really showing me some things that I didn't even know. You know what I mean? And just, like, helps me a lot to understand that like what's going on right now and what has been going on is serious and needs to be solved. hundred percent. And, um, you know, sh- you know, shout out to, um, you know, shout out to Elise, you know, I've seen her post. She's doing amazing stuff on, uh, on her platform and, yeah. you know, also being in a, um, you know, there's a lot of interracial relationships, you yeah. know, in this world. And I think it's very important for, you know, the person of non color to, you know, educate themselves and to, you know, be part of the solution and to support, you know, support their partner through this time. And, you know, I think, you know, I think that's amazing to see. And I think it's, you know, off the things you were saying, I think it's a beautiful thing on what our generation's doing in, you know, it's kind of like, you know, the older generation, you know, they built that foundation for us, you know, to be able to vote, to be able to have a voice and to speak up. And, you know, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot of them lost their lives. And I think our generation is doing an amazing job of, you know, not saying no, putting pressure on the people in power. And I think the, you know, the most beautiful thing about this whole thing is the diversity we have in our, in our generation. We've got a whole lot of cultures who are standing up with us. And, and it's, it's a huge difference where back then it was just, you know, people of color who are standing up and, it was easy for them to sweep these problems under the rug and act like these things aren't happening. But with social media and our generation's voice and our presence that, you know, they can't ignore this anymore. And, you know, as a, as a community, as a people, you know, 
our voice is so powerful when we come together we can put we can put pressure on people in power and help make these changes so you know i think it's honestly amazing it's amazing to see that you know not people of color a majority of them are using their voices and, and are the ones in these protests who are screaming their hearts out you know what i mean like it's amazing to see that you know a lot of people have you know the backs of people of color like they they support it and they want equality because exactly they're tired of it you know what i'm saying and they're tired of their their because i've seen a lot of posts of um um like non-people of color than their parents who are uh kind of like you know racist a little bit because yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Are, they have a racist uh, yeah views, you know? they're 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 raised in that era you know what i'm saying and mm-hmm. they want to even change their parents views and that's amazing to see because it's like yeah like i said like you're saying like our generation does not want to live like that anymore man like it's enough it's a joke honestly it's you know it's really it's really amazed me that that this stuff happens on the daily basis like we were watching black men especially get murdered on tv like that's insane it's crazy like how is this like it's like how is this something i'm seeing on my phone like like like, oh yeah it's okay like just fire them it's fine like that's it i know it's like (laughs) but it just it just doesn't it's so surreal like it doesn't even feel real at all and you know the crazy thing about that tay is if it was you know, if it was a civilian doing that to another civilian, it wouldn't even be a thing of question. You know, it would be like you're, you know, you're going to jail. Like you're going to exactly. It's just a whole that. power thing. <laughs> it's just but it, exactly, and you know, I think we have, you know, I think we have the right, you know, people, you know, leading this charge. I think we have, you know, the right voices speaking out, and I think we have the unity. And you know, I really hope that you know this is, isn't just a moment and something that's going to pass. That you know, this is a real time where you know we're gonna you know not take no for an answer. And we're gonna keep pushing this thing until they have no choice but to change this. So it's amazing, yeah. and it's amazing to be a part of this generation. Though I feel so proud to be a part of this because I actually think, and I feel like a lot of older people are kind of shocked and be like, "Wow, they might actually make a real change." because yeah i think we're catching them off guard too you know like and that's why a lot of them are are kind of you know like you have those people who are in the background who are kind of like yeah like black lives matter and then you know soon they're going to be ones in the front yelling black lives matter because they're like kind of thinking like it wasn't going to happen and now it's actually making a huge difference you know what i mean like exactly you know a lot of older people might be the ones in the back like i said like be the ones in the back and then they might make their way to the front because they're like oh shoot okay this is really happening like we can really do this yeah yeah, no, a hundred percent. And I, you know, I totally agree. And, you know, this, this year has been crazy. It's been, you know, what seems like a lot of downs for people, but you know, there's a lot of light at the end of the tunnel. And I think we, we all as people got to, got to see that light and trust, you know, trusting God's, um, God in God's, um, you know, process for us and, and really look at why these things are happening you know, the good that's going to come from it and, you know, just keep, um, you know, progressing and improving, you know, our world, not only, you know, America, but our world as a whole and, you know, keep making these positive impacts. So exactly. No, it's great to see for sure. Most definitely. And, um, you know, we've been talking for, you know, a really long time. So, you know, I don't want to keep you, keep you any longer. I talk a lot, man. I'm sorry. 
No, no, that was really good, you know, and uh, I appreciate you, you know, taking time out of your day and, you know, being being our guest for our very first episode. You know, I think this was a, you know, I think this was an amazing episode for people to see, introduce, you know, what we're trying to do, being able to talk about your basketball career, um, talk about, you know, your ups and downs, your success you've had, um, things that's going on in this world and, and uh, addressing them. So I think this was a beautiful episode to start things off. And Tay, you know, thank you very much for being here. I wish you all the best. I wish you all the success. I wish you all the blessings, my guy. And, you know, you know, I'm going to pray that this season does kick off for you guys in January and you guys are able to compete for a national championship. And, you know, all the love, you know, you know, you're my brother. So I appreciate you doing this. And um, to everyone who's seen this episode, um, everyone go, go follow at that dude, Taylor. Is that, uh, is that the, the tag? That underscore Taylor. <laughs> uh, there we go. Yeah, that's, been my, that's been my name since I started Instagram. I never changed it once. Oh, really? Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like grade, grade eight. Never change it. Actually, before, before, we, before we get you off, Tay, um, so everyone, I know um, everyone who follows you knows that you're a big foodie, you're a big music guy. So I'm going to need you to give us your top three food places right now and the top three, if we opened up your phone, you know, which artists you got going on right now. So, Okay, top three food places. Uh, I'm a huge sushi guy. So I would say number one is Kyo on Granville and... Is it Broadway? Is it Broadway? No, no, it's on Granville and like 16th or something like that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All, yeah. You, all you can eat, um, Japanese spot with like Korean barbecue stuff in there too. Yeah. Um, number two, I would say number nine, number nine restaurants, a Chinese restaurant. You know, that's one place I haven't been, but Dude, hearing you, Jaden, and all the guys talk about it, I know. When it opens up, it. we're going. I, I'm like right by there right now. So when oh, are you not? Okay, yo, man, we got to make a, we gotta make a trip. Um, and number three, let's, what's a low key spot? Uh, if I were going to say, okay, I would just say, I don't know the, the spots that I eat, I would just say sushi California. Like I just love Japanese food, man. Like that is, is just, sushi California. Is that the one downtown there? I think there is, there might be one downtown, but there's one on, no, there's one on Broadway. I think it's Broadway and Canby. Okay. 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 There's one in Surrey is one in Kukulam. Like, man, I just, yeah. I just be. Time. This is um, this is what this is what I definitely wanted to do because everyone always seeing your stories, man. You're always eating good, so I, you know, I had to I had to get educated a little bit on where this. Hey, but hey, I cook too, though. You might have to come over and try some some of my stuff, man. Yeah, most definitely, man. Anytime I'm ready to eat, dog. <laughs> but, uh, and then artist, I would say first I gotta say Playboy Cardi. That's my first. Okay, yeah. My, uh, number one, I'm more of like a, I'm like a beat guy. Yeah, um, more like a beat and like feel good. Yeah, the vibe, you know, the vibe. Yeah, yeah. But I, but like more like kind of like the like a little swaggy type of type of yeah, vibe. Yeah, yeah. But like Gunna is like my second too. And That's number three, fun. you gotta put a little baby for the for the for the little lyrics. baby been killing this. Year. <laughs> oh my goodness! Like, if you're gonna put lyrics on it, little baby. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, no, I definitely got Gunna and uh, Lil Baby in the mix for sure. Yeah. Just Cardi is just, oh, just different, bro. Like, Cardi now is a little weird, I can't lie, but, like, old Cardi, because I used to listen to sounds like great. Yeah. Like Cardi, especially old Cardi, the, the influence he had, especially on this this generation oh, right now, is huge, which is crazy, so. Yeah, exactly, so. Nah, yeah, that's amazing. Top, top six, right, those. Awesome, Tay, man. 
thank you again, man. And uh, I appreciate you coming on, you know, taking the time to, you know, give your story, give your experiences, man. And, you know, I wish you all the best for everyone tuning in uh, who's going to see this. You know, thank you for watching this. Thank you for your support and love. Uh, follow us at Arenda Talent on Instagram and, you know, check in for any new podcast that's happening, special guests that are going to be appearing and for, you know, any new signing and players we have joining the team. So, you know, thank you, everyone. Have a blessed Saturday and, you know, stay blessed, stay winning. All right, thank guys. You, thank you for having me, bro. Appreciate you. No worries. Take care. Right. Take care.